Hi, this is Ben from MX Vice. Before we start, please accept my apologies for the lateness of this podcast. It was recorded before the AMA National at Washougal, and problems with editing and the sound in general has led to this delay. So please bear with the patchy audio at the beginning. It does improve at around the 27-minute mark. With such a high standard of guest, we did not want to scrap the audio entirely, so please bear with the poor audio. If you cannot bear with it, then please skip to 27 minutes uh, and all is clear from there. In the meantime, enjoy the podcast and thanks for listening. SMX Review Show with myself, Ben Rumbold, and my colleague, Brad Wheeler. Uh, we've got a guest on this week, uh, something different, not no rider, but uh, yeah, somebody involved heavily uh, with one of the biggest teams in the sport, so yeah, it would be great to bring him uh, on board very soon, but yeah, Brad, how's it going with yourself? All good? Yes, yes, all good, thank you. Still uh, struggling on with the uh, three under 18 months, but um, <clears throat> yeah, we're uh, we're here, ready to talk some Super Motocross. Yeah, and as I'm sure nobody left you under any illusions that having twins was going to give you issues, so yeah, fair play to you. No problem at all. Uh, so yeah, just before we get started, then and we'll bring in our guest very soon. Just wanted to uh, say a massive thank you to our sponsors. We are fueled by Golf Race Fuels across sports cars, single seaters, motorcycle racing, and further afield. The golf brand is associated with winning whatever the discipline. Uh, also, massive thanks to AS3 Performance, uh, who help us out, of course, with the podcast as always. And uh, they are the home of aftermarket motocross and enduro parts, from hardware and protection parts, including skid plates and radiator braces, to performance cooling parts including silicon radiator hoses and oversized impeller kits. AS3 also have a huge range of brake, clutch and gear levers, all with different features and adjustability. Check them out online at www.as3performance.co.uk. And uh, our guest might have to cover his ears here, but yeah, we're also uh, sponsored here by Kawasaki Motors UK, uh, who are pleased to announce the arrival of the new KLX 140R range. Easy to ride KLX 140R lineup offers a 144cc push um, four-stroke engine, plush suspension and push-button electric start, making for great trailblazers. The KLX140R machines come in three different sizes, ranging from Junior's first tentative steps to pushing the door wide open on adult riding. The highly regarded KLX140R range is ready and willing to add fun and enjoyment in 2023. Contact your local off-road dealership for more information. Uh, and of course, uh, massively helped uh, and supported our MX Vice by Evenstrokes.com. So if you're in the UK, you can go to Evenstrokes.com and use this man's name. Yeah, Evenstrokes.com. If you use the uh, discount code BRADWHEELER10, so BRADWHEELER10, pop that in at checkout, you save yourself 10% off. And uh, yeah, like Ben said, Evenstrokes puts uh, puts it straight back into the sport via MX Vice. So everyone, if, uh, if you enjoy the pods, MXVice.com, shop at Evenstrokes. Fantastic, yeah, and uh, nice time to introduce our guests. So yeah, we'll have to uh, make sure we get your team title right there, sir. But yeah, Mr. Lars Lindstrom, heavily involved with HRC. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No problem. Forgot to ask you there your official title. What would you say your your, your title is there at uh, HRC exactly? Yeah, just a uh, team manager, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure it gets any more elaborate than that, but uh, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> nice one. It must be quite daunting going into work every day and seeing all those number one plates on the wall uh, behind you there. That's uh, that's a pretty impressive lineup that you gotta <laughs> got to be faced with every year, every day. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you sort of feel the weight of the, the history of the brand? I mean, how long have you been working there? Yeah, I mean, I, I did feel the weight of the brand at some point. I mean, this year has helped ease that that, that uh, pain, really, or the weight, you know, compared to before. But uh, I've been working here since the year 2000 the summer really when I uh, started coming in here and uh, sweeping the floors and things like that so yeah I mean I had a little bit of off time where I worked for Chad Reed but between uh, 2011 and uh, 2015 and then I came back here so in three of those years we're, we're even here at shop you know since we were on Hondas so um, yeah a lot of yeah. A lot of time here, and uh, um, yeah, it's kind of home, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, so you've literally say which waping up to where you are now. Then, so you've gone through the stages all the way through, like being technician, mechanic, that sort of business, all the way through. Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, I, I started, like I said, uh, sweeping the floors uh, mainly because I was trying to race myself, like most of us were at some point, or you know, wanted to be. Um, and they they let me borrow a motorcycle here. I had some connections through my dad. For me, doing some of the dirty work for uh, some of the guys here, I um, I was able. To, to build and, and ride a, a CR250 because I was a I was riding 125s mainly, and um, yeah, in turn they, they got you know I got to be here and 
help out with the team and you know do a lot of uh of the the projects that you know the other guys didn't want to do which which was fine with me i was just happy to be here you know to be honest and then um it that evolved into uh maybe a, a test mechanic helping with the parts room then it was race mechanic special projects i, I you know i had a couple different uh, roles in even uh, engine building and some things like that so then uh, and then crew chief and then now manager so it's been a while how do you obviously yeah, like you said you've been at hrc or like based in the like the honda company since the year 2000 each <clears throat> as you sort of work your way through through the ranks obviously where you are now I, who's like sort of making those decisions like giving you the call up saying hey Lars, how do you fancy doing this? Or do you sort of, do you go out and ask, actively ask, like, is there a team manager position or how does that sort of come about? Uh, I guess the way that it came about was that, you know, originally um, I was doing special projects in about 2018, I think. And um, our crew chief, at the, crew chief at the time decided um, halfway through Supercross that he had had enough and wanted to go pursue other career paths. So um, I was asked by Eric Kehoe who was the team manager at the time. And I'd work with, you know, most of my career if I was willing and if I thought I was ready to do that role. And it was kind of one of those, you know, uh, career paths that you have to choose at the time. The one thing that kind of uh, was weighing heavily on me was that I was a new father at the time. So I didn't, you know, I realized that it would be a lot more time away from the, from my family and uh, a lot more pressure too. But along with that, obviously you further your career, you some goals that you have in life, uh, you know, you, you check those off the boxes and, um, and also, you know, a little bit more money. So the next time was Eric when he Eric decided to retire from being team team manager and then uh, some of my new you know well he was always my boss at the, even then but Brandon Wilson he came to me and uh, Eric gave me some really good recommendations but uh, Brandon Wilson was the one that, that hired me to do the team manager position yeah nice obviously you said uh, this the brand is this an iconic brand in in motorsport in general not just motocross does does he have any year like you're having this year with obviously Jet being so dominant and Chase sort of also winning the Supercross and Hunter like winning the championship and leading the championship in the outdoors does that sort of relieve some of the pressure or is it still a real pressure cooker situation? Um, no, I'd have to say that it does relieve some pressure. Um, you know, we hadn't won in, in so long. I mean, it was 20 years since our last Supercross championship and 19 from our last outdoor championship. And um, so even, to be honest, I, I don't know if I really felt so much pressure from Honda as a corporation, you know, even though I knew it was there. I, I just really, you know, wanted to win just for, for, you know, for me and for the team. It's just been way too long. We've been putting in, you know, really, really strong efforts every year since we since we won our last championship you know, it wasn't like we slacked off and didn't try or do whatever i mean riders was one thing that we didn't have probably at the time when we had to go up against a james stewart or and then you know ricky carmichael and bill Apoto and dungey you know there's guys that were super strong when when we weren't as strong so that made it very difficult but you know the so yeah, to realize the dream again of a Supercross championship was something that seemed to kind of start, it started to feel like it was like unattainable, you know, it had been so long and it just seemed like the, uh, you know, the universe was out to get us almost. <laughs> and so to, to finally yeah. get that done was huge relief and, uh, and just a dream come true, really. So, yeah. and then now, you know, with Jet doing so well in the outdoors and Jet and Chase chasing him, no pun intended, um, right behind and then, and then Hunter too, it's just been unbelievable. So yeah. yeah, it's like we, all our luck really came, you know, 20 years of built up bad luck and then and then we're getting it all back in one year so it's, it's pretty incredible yeah the um obviously like the the 250 side of things is, is not been like is nowhere near as long a stretch as the like the 450 obviously you had like the geico team was very successful like winning supercross championships with like barsha tomac uh, canard and then like also winning the outdoors is it obviously you were the team manager at the time but did it kind of relieve a bit of the sting or was it really just we just want to get that 450 title again it's been such a long time the 251s are just in the hayside kind of thing <laughs> no i mean it did it, it, it helped ease the pain a little bit of not having the 450 but uh you know we we started you know like you said we had uh, championships with the, the factory connection riders that all the ones that you mentioned and uh that was that was very very cool but at some point yeah i mean even when we won our championship as a team with with jet and 21 outdoors that was special um and then uh, i mean of course they're all special right but uh, that was cool because as a team we hadn't won a championship in a very long time so that one was really really cool and then you know the next ones that that he was able to do and then hunter but yeah that 451 man it, it really started kind of building and um yeah and even like i said i i I wasn't feeling the pressure. I didn't need to feel the pressure from from Honda to like have to win. We get that all the time, anyways. But yeah, uh, really, it was more 
well for, for us as a team and for me personally and uh, to, to get that done yeah that was super special yeah I mean it must have felt so I mean obviously we're, we're on the European side of it so we're all there cheering Kenny and, and, and things like that and uh, oh, certainly I was anyway and particularly not a fan of Cooper Webb at the time and uh, I can imagine that uh, it must have almost felt like yeah the, the sort of stars are aligning against you because there were the times when just anything that could have happened to Kenny did happen and you know things like the lap rider holding him up when he was almost on a clear path and then just constantly getting beaten up by Webb and the likes of that I mean how frustrating were those sort of rocks and years and, and was it a contributory to him actually just leaving the, the team um yeah yeah those those years where they started off fantastic right uh, you know we, yeah. we did some testing with him everything was great that new 17 450 was a, a big improvement over the 16 everything we had going on the suspension the, everything that was, was was really good and he was in his prime so i mean it showed right because he he absolutely you know killed it at um at the yeah. first couple of races and i mean we didn't do that much testing i mean of course we did our fair share but he was happy pretty quickly um that year and then was winning and then he had that, yeah. that uh, unfortunate accident that that sidelined him for so long and obviously for him to even be able to race again was kind of miraculous um because of the how bad his arm was and then you know coming back and then hurting the other arm didn't help yeah. so yeah the, the next years after that were extremely frustrating because you know he he still had all the talent in the world um and uh but you know it just everything had to kind of be perfect um we had to work way harder to try to get him into a, a, a spot where it could win again and but you know when he did win again that was incredible too you know that feeling was, was yeah. really really awesome for uh, especially him but also almost as much for us you know because uh it had been been a long time so yeah you're right that that it was so frustrating because we were finally on our on the path to, to winning 450 again and looked like we, we were going to do that and for that to happen and for the next you know five years six years uh that was a tough time for sure yeah absolutely i mean it's been in that sort of time period then that the lawrence's must have started coming onto your horizon so uh, how did that all happen how did you sort of get wind of hunter and jet coming through and you know was it something that the families contacted you or was there a tip-off or was it just something you've always had your eyes on those two and then they just fit neatly into your scenario how did it all come together really yeah uh, well at that time i wasn't team manager i was uh, crew chief so i, I mean i was involved in, in some of the discussions w uh, with you know eric kehoe because eric kehoe always kept me in the loop you know with that and, and you know i really appreciate it but yeah, he, he would say that he valued my opinion so i got to be with him a lot of those times which is cool you know for the future i think maybe that was his plan too but um i uh i, I think the main the main thing was that we just knew that jet was in a you know incredible talent and that we couldn't let him go so yeah. <laughs> that, that was uh that and, and hunter obviously too uh, at the time hunter had a lot of uh injuries and everything like that but even his you know past and some of his rides that he had had especially motocross of nations in 18 and, and things like that you, you knew he had the talent and um and uh, just you know needed to overcome some of those unfortunate those accidents that he had had but it was just you know when something like that comes around and you can kind of recognize it uh, i was really proud of the guys at the time the the management at the time brandon wilson was a huge part of that of, of being able to like strike quickly you know because that's not always something that happens in, in a corporation you know where you can get something done quickly versus a private yeah. team but they were able to make that happen and uh and bring them on board onto this side i know that at the time there was a whole you know, crew of riders over there that, and, and a lot of them we wanted to keep, but it just wasn't possible. We were able to go to some of our satellite teams with some of them, but yeah, it was, it was pretty crucial that we kept them. And obviously right now we're, you know, reaping benefit of that. Right. So, well, so yeah, for yeah, sure. <laughs> one of the best decisions that they, that they had made at the time, for sure. Do you have much contact with uh, HRC in, in Europe? So obviously they've had like success in, you know, on the 450 with Geyser uh, winning multiple world championships. Is that something that like HRC, like America, <clears throat> do they, is that celebrated at all when, when Geyser wins the world championship or is it all just, is it just kind of like, yeah, good job. Like anyway, carry on. <laughs> no, I think that um, <laughs> it used to be a little bit more like that. You know, we didn't really have a, a relationship with, with Honda or HRC Europe or, or the, you know, any of those guys. I mean, a little bit, but, um, but that, that's much stronger now, um, and I, I probably have a lot of interest in in uh, the GPs, anyways, and then um, trying to work together, you know, globally, so that we can, you know, they, we're trying to all achieve the same goal. And we're working on the same bike with the same parts, so we really should be in contact with each other. Um, so we do that a lot um, more now than we ever did, and we we have a really good contact with with HRC Japan, which and it's kind of a, this big three ring circus. You know, we we kind of all share information and and, uh, and try to improve. Um, and uh, like last year, I went to the Swedish GP, which was cool. My uh, my I have a lot of family over there. My brother lives there. My mom's there. Um, so it was really cool because I got to go there and, and visit with them and then see the guys on the GP team with Garibaldi, Giacomo, and uh, and Roger, one of your boys, Roger Shenton, uh, who I, I'm friends with, I really like. And uh, so even the HRC liaison over there now, Naoki Sarazawa. 
So all those guys over there, I kind of have a good relationship with um, as far as the the GP team. And, and it, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool being able to share information, share parts too. You know, a lot of times they'll have parts uh, a year earlier than us because they're, they're able to ride it as a works bike, whatever they got. And then they'll, yeah. and then we'll be still riding the old bike and they'll be going to the new bike. So they have all these parts and um, we're able to, oh. to share if we need to. So it's kind of just one big family, uh, uh, which it never was before. Yeah. At least it didn't feel like it. So that, I, I'm pretty yeah. proud that we're so much closer than we ever have been. Yeah. Do you ever look at the, like the GPs for trying to sort of get some talent over over to America? Obviously, you've got Hunter that will make it in the 250s for next year. And have you, have you looked at the GPs at all to try and get some, some people from there over to race America? Obviously, it's like the Coonan brothers are coming over in the next couple of years yeah um i mean uh when i was there last year i you know i definitely had some some of the riders that i had my eye on and um right now i mean i don't really necessarily need to do that as much because our future is pretty set for a while which is great and uh, especially with the lawrence brothers and, and so yeah that's my main focus is there you know but uh but yeah i mean it's a little more difficult though because you know because of us racing supercross um there, it, yeah. it's definitely a little bit harder to figure out who's going to be able to make that transition because riding supercross you know 65 70 percent of the year and then our motocross season is is less you know it it, it definitely makes it difficult with uh, being able to do both yeah absolutely i mean to do find um was the obviously they had the decision there to go with with jet going from the 250 in the indoors and then to go 450 outdoors first this summer i mean was the, i guess that was the sort of plan to like the middle of last year but then with the smx thing coming up was that something that threw a spanner in the works did that sort of make some discussions to think well maybe jet should, should stay 250 or you know how, how did that all sort of affect you when the smx stuff got all uh, announced it didn't really change anything as far as you know as far as we were concerned I, I think that i mean you know the main reason why we went and put them on a 450 for outdoors is that just 450 or outdoors an injury and outdoors on a 450 is you know probably less likely than supercross i mean supercross on a 450 is no joke you know you gotta you yeah. can you can ease over jumping something or doing things or getting a little uh whiskey throttle in the whoops or something like that is uh <laughs> is is easy to do for a rookie um so yeah. putting him on a 450 for outdoors just made sense for him to get used to the bike i mean i don't think any of us expected him to do what he's doing right now i mean we all knew he would be good don't get me wrong but but anyway so it, it the plan has kind of been put in place that way and i think uh, you know brandon wilson was a big part of that and, and and their family too the lawrence family so um right now i think it's working out the way we had wanted it to it's kind of the same thing we're doing did with chance hymas we let him do a few right. crosses and, and we contemplated jet on a 450 for some east coast supercrosses also on a 450 but um and that was more of a, of a family decision to wait on that but moving into super motocross i think that transition is going to be pretty good for us because now that we have so much experience on the 450 and he knows the bike really really well the comfort level for him will be very high and, and he'll be able to ride a supercross or super motocross hybrid track i think really well and depending also on the whoops that'll be the big you know factor that we'll see i'm not sure how many whoops or if they're going to have a lot of whoops i mean i know some of the drawings show that they will you know you never really know what it is until you get there right so right. it'll be good for him to to get in there and um and ride that to, um and see where we're where we uh line up for for supercross yeah i think there are yeah like you said i think there are some whoops on the drawing but i think if if um Boutron and that get in, I think they might have to kind of maybe reconsider how many whoops they're gonna have. <laughs> but um I don't know, he could be could be amazing for him. He could be a monster, you never know. No, I'm leaning the other way. <laughs> Latent, uh, latent talent from Mr. Boucher there. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's quite uh, quite astounding how well he's done. I mean, I mean, do you look at some privateers then in the states? I mean, like as Bradley said, you've got a few people there in uh, in Europe that you look at. But I mean, are you obviously impressed by the likes of Masterpool and March Banks doing so well in the 450s? Does that then put them on your radar for a potential ride, or do you guys think more long term than that? You sort of pick somebody up before they get to that point. Um, I mean, I, I pay attention to all that. I mean, to me, I mean, obviously, I pay attention also because I'm just you know, I'm like anybody. I'm I'm a fan of the sport, so yeah. it's fun to see someone like uh, like Time Master Pool do well, and Boutron too, and those guys you know that have, that are coming in, and even uh, Anton Gull uh, from Sweden. You know, obviously all those guys that come uh, from Sweden, like Freddie and, and Nora, and, and those guys, I you know kind of like have a little special place for me to try to help. So um, my dad's actually helping Anton, and um, I think he after his little heat stroke in, in Southwick, he, he's a, he's not feeling yeah. the exact same. I think his results would have been a little bit better at Millville, but uh, um, but I do pay attention to all those guys. As far as rides go, like I said, right. Now I'm not really I'm not really in a position to need to look at riders, yeah. you know, especially not for anything immediate. Um, maybe in the future, you know, uh, when uh, some of the amateur riders that you see coming up, you're always got, got an eye on, right? But but I mean, obviously, it's kind of hard not to look at a guy like Ty Masterpool. Um, and uh, personally, I, I hope that somebody picks him up. Um, but we're just not in a position right now to need to do that or, or have anybody. So, but yeah, I mean, if I if I had to, I, w- I would for sure. Nice. Yeah. I mean, um, just looking back to uh, 
the most recent race then at Spring Creek, as we always do on the SMX Review Show, uh, just talking about the most recent racing. Uh, we had um, a few corners where a jet wasn't in front, and uh, yeah, that was... <laughs> do you ever get, like, sort of just thinking, like, this is not the race, that, like, something's going to happen this race? Do you ever get those sort of feelings, or are you just, like, you're just so sure that he's just got it? No, I mean, this this weekend um, this weekend was, was a lot more fun to watch uh, for everybody, right? But uh, <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, even at Allah, you know, that, that was what I had expected, a little bit more to chase Sakamoto, and then this weekend was more what I expect from Chase. And for him to, to you know, to run down Jet there in that first photo especially was was super impressive. So, um, I'm, I mean, I'm just like everybody else. I, I to, to me, it doesn't really matter if Jet gets the, you know, like a perfect season or whatever like that. It would be great for him, um, great for Honda. Yeah. But right now, Honda's winning, right? Because we got the, the guy winning the race and the guy in second place in the 450 class by a lot, which doesn't, yeah. it's not going to happen all that much. He kind of reminds me of Ricky and Wyndham in the 2003 outdoors. And I, I was around for that too, you know? So, um, I kind of get that same kind of feeling where, you know, obviously we're, we're winning and the fans are too obviously but um i do think it's gonna to be tough for jet to, to to pull it off especially going to washugal where, where chase is so strong and jet you know admittedly doesn't like it uh, mainly because right, okay. of, yeah i mean i think it's mainly because of the shadows you know there, it's a tough track to yeah. ride because of so many trees and the way that the sun you know not only reflects but also yeah just the, the amount of shade there it's a lot and it's it can mm. it can play with your eyes a little bit and uh and it's it's easy to miss you know things on the, on the ground and uh so it's gonna be an interesting weekend for sure and um yeah whatever happens uh you know when our guys go one two you know it, it's awesome for for us so. yeah it's kind of mad to think that uh the last time honda won a 450 outdoor championship was they went undefeated and now they're <laughs> at the moment undefeated again kind of mad to even like tw- 19 years apart it's um i don't HRC don't really do things in halves, neither <laughs> win every race or <laughs> just don't bother. Yeah, actually, I didn't. Um, I never thought yeah. about that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I guess. Um, some... Brad, sorry, sorry to interrupt. There, your your American uh, AMA history uh, knowledge is slightly better than mine. There, but um, did uh, did Ricky win on the 450 perfect or was it on the 252 stroke? Both. Yeah, he won 2002 and then 2004, 2004, and then he left. So that's it. Yeah. Yep. But we've never yeah. won a 450 Supercross a Supercross championship on a 450, which uh, Chase was the first to do that. That. So yeah. I know that 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 was pretty special, especially to Japan. So yeah, right, yeah. that was uh, it was cool to do that. Like you said, obviously with the racing, it was so much better at Millville on the weekend with Chase sort of back into the swing of things. I guess you can kind of you don't need to sort of cover your eyes and watch it, thinking, "Oh my god, don't <laughs> clean each other out." Like they're both they're both pretty smooth. They're not really aggressive riders. It's not like you're watching Barsha and Ferrandis or something on the same team. You're like, "Oh god." <laughs> Yeah, I guess there's, you don't, I guess you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, that, that part is nice that they're they're both really clean riders and they uh you know if they, if they have to get aggressive I think you know they they will but um but they have a lot of respect for each other too um yeah and I think that even though Chase you know it crushes him to, to not be winning he's probably got to give respect to Jet you know for come in and do what he's doing right now he knows how hard it is to win and so even though uh, he wants to win more than you know just as badly as, as Jet as uh, I, I'm I don't have to worry about that I don't feel like I have to worry about that so right now it's just enjoyable to watch yeah yeah very much so I mean um, this question is actually coming from somebody online who've just uh, been speaking to about it there uh, Chase again had this sort of these little small crashes there some people saying that his front end is too hard or it's just washing away a little bit or uh, we've even had uh, one of the, the, the guys who practices with Chase I can't remember his name now <laughs> um, but yeah he, he said that Chase has it very hard on the front end or that it puts a lot of weight over the front end of the bike do you guys know what is causing these little tip-offs or do, do you guys work to or try and prevent these things I mean what's um, how, how does that all sort of play into your team at the weekend yeah I think it's uh, no secret jet that Chase puts he does put a lot of weight on the front he puts a lot of trust on the front tire and it sometimes bites him and uh, I mean right now obviously this weekend I, I think he felt really good and um, he was kind of going to try really really hard to win and when you're pushing that hard you know that the limit is right there all the time and um he you know just went right over that line um and so it's uh yeah obviously we, we do work on, on trying to get him the best feel possible uh, with the front and which we did a lot in supercross right because we had a lot of front end crashes in supercross and uh, so we worked really hard yeah. and we and I, I to be honest we, we had really good front traction we felt like the supercross to the point where we almost had maybe too much to where the the, the break point was, was too sharp or you know like kind of like a razor blade right like it, it's great until it just all of a sudden isn't great anymore um so yeah. we worked on giving him a little <laughs> bit more more feel to, to kind of give him a little bit of a warning when, when it was going to go and i think we accomplished that Supercross and I, you know, it definitely doesn't. I don't think that you can say that his front end is really, and I'm not sure that this is what you meant that his front end is really stiff versus the rear, which I, I don't think that that's the case at all. It's just, uh, the, but the balance of his bike is usually, yeah, the, the rear a little bit lower than the front, um, compared to like Alec and Jet or, or Ken. So, yeah. but yeah, we're always trying to improve the bike, so we, we never really give up on that, yeah, absolutely. And then talking about the rest of the field there, I mean, um, you had a good little scrap going on between uh, Ferrandis and um, 
and Plessinger and, and, and obviously good to see Jason Anderson back up in there. I mean, Brad, what did you make of the race in yourself? I mean, uh, do you think that, um, I mean, you predicted the podium absolutely perfectly, which means you were wiping me out in our, uh, our little prediction pot that we've got going on. He's just destroyed me because he had the podium absolutely perfect and I put Dylan second, so I thought Chase's crash would be more costly. So there you go. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, how do you see it playing out then, um, Brad? Do you think... Uh, do you think it's going to be perfect for a start? Do you think uh, that we're going to see the perfect season? I think um, if he can make it through this weekend coming at Washougal, then I think he's, um, it's the likelihood goes up a lot. But yeah, like Lara said, Jets openly said like <clears throat> Washougal was not his favourite track. He's not had like not he's not had great results there in the past. But I don't think he's actually ever won a moto there in the past. So and Chase has obviously done really well there. But I mean the way the way he's going at the moment, he could just as easily go one-one. <clears throat> I don't think anyone would be surprised. But in terms of like the rest of the field, I was I was really impressed with Anderson's ride in the first race. Like really sort of charged through the guys to get that third place. But yeah, obviously the second race didn't go to plan. Um, obviously done me a few mm. favors with <laughs> guessing the overall. I thought Plessinger was going to get Frandis at the end. It got a bit hairy, but um, <laughs> yeah, I think I, before the weekend I would have said it was it, like Frandis was clearly the probably the third best guy. But I think um, Anderson's really found his feet and yeah. Plessinger sort of seems to have found that form that he had at the start of the year so I think we're going to see um, see some good battles for well really the third I guess um, <laughs> I still think they're well they're clearly like a, a fair way a fair ways from Chase and Jet I mean they were Jet and Chase were battling near on 30 seconds ahead of the rest of the field and like Chase crashed on the first lap at the in the first race yeah. and just sort of was back into second place within four or five laps just kind of showing the the speed differential between like Jet and Chase and the rest of the pack but yeah I thought overall the racing was really good I thought the track was the track was good it allowed for good racing a lot of like moving about Hunter had that sort of nice inside line before the three tabletops which I think yeah. did end up actually catching him out I believe in the second one is actually where he ended up dropping it. But yeah, there was it. It made for good racing. I thought the track. Good stuff. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's let's talk two fifty then because yeah, it looked like perfect weekend fun. So rode so well, literally blew the doors off of it, pretty much everybody. What actually happened in that last lap? Because it, I think we got a brief view of him disappearing by the jump, and that's about the most we got of it. What what did actually uh, go wrong for him? Um, yeah, he just he came up into that section there, and then there there was a lapper ahead of him that uh, was taking the line that he had been taking the whole time i guess the whole race and so he uh he ended up having to go a little bit more inside and i and i think kind of like washugo there i think there was some shade there and he must have kind of either you know hit some pebbles or you know or just put a little too much uh trust in the front end and it was slippery and he just lost the front um but unfortunately he lost the front kind of into the face of that takeoff of that jump and the impact was a little bit stronger than normal and with his ribs you know being already a little bit damaged uh it just he, of course he landed right on them yeah so um, it was super super painful for him i don't think that there was any any more damage done it just kind of just re-aggravated it um so it wasn't ideal but i mean uh and then and obviously he lost the the three extra points that he could have got um but uh, still a great day right so i mean we gained we went from five points down to 13 up which was a win uh, any day of the week so we'll, we'll take that yeah for certain yeah it was obviously the goal leading into the weekend for hunter was well yeah to basically go one one get the red plate back did you um were you sort of um like sort of a bit concerned when he when he caught up to the back of deegan in the first race if deegan was going to maybe try and do something a bit a bit silly like we've kind of seen it thunder valley was weaving a little bit sort of down the straights but obviously at that point he was not not really in the championship hunt and at this point he's got the red plate where you're kind of expecting something a little bit a little bit naughty from Deegan's side of things you know what I don't I don't remember feeling that way when they were racing and I think maybe part of that was because Hunter was clearly uh, a lot quicker and so when he made the move and he was able to get away pretty quickly um, I didn't I don't remember feeling that way this weekend but um, but yeah I mean uh, you know in that situation too kind of like a bar show right like if if you're around them and, and they're they have a chance to win or, or in this situation mm -hmm. they're, they're leading the championship I guess part of me probably was prepared to, to see something like that or you know or at least possibly expect something like that but but yeah it didn't really matter this weekend i think hunter was just on a mission you know yeah. he, he he definitely wanted to prove a point that um you know two weekends in a row being off um you know and the one weekend with a first turn crash and the other race where we let him down with an with an, uh, a bike problem so um he definitely you know kind of 
put a stamp on it this weekend. And uh, that, I think that was the whole goal was just to win and then see where the other guys, you know, ended up. And if he, and if he went one, one, he was going to lead the championship. And that's basically what happened. And, and then some, yeah, I think, um, yeah, if there was obviously, if there was any doubt in people's minds, who was kind of the best guy in the class after the red boat crash and the Southwick DNF, I think he kind of silenced the, the critics this weekend by, yeah, just storming through the pack in the first one and then yeah basically well led almost wire to wire in the second one but um yeah still a, a fairly dominant one two it should probably should have been a one one but um i yeah obviously not, not, nothing's said and done till the final check of flag but um he's definitely sort of i feel like he's really grabbed the championship back by the balls type of thing <laughs> is it um it's got to be one of the most satisfying races of the season though that one hasn't it last because he came from like as the commentators were saying quite a lot there he passed everybody around him he passed everybody that he needed to pass both for the in terms of the championship and just to get to the front so that's got to be pretty special when you come in after that sort of race and then when you see him yeah and I, I think right now obviously he's um one thing you realize when you see them right after the race like that and you're under the little tent with him is that is how how much effort it does take right in an outdoor and i remember uh reed saying that to me you know even when they make it look easy, you know, that, that it's just how tough it is. And um, it's never easy. So with his injuries uh, he's got right now, which, are, you know, are, are pretty substantial with, uh, you know, with the, the pain anyways, you know, he's able to ride and do everything he, he needs to physically, but it, it, it hurts. So um, it's like there's not a lot of celebrating right after the moto. It's it's just like recovery. But, yeah, satisfaction is super high, right? Because um, the two weekends where people start getting a little bit, you know, of an idea that they're, they're they got a chance. And then for him to kind of just demoralize them uh, in in one shot like that, uh, it was pretty special for the team, and, and uh, I was just really proud of him for for the effort. You know, he, he just he was dominating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then um, what's uh, what's his thoughts on Moshugal? Is he uh, a bit better than Jet, or is he just uh, laser focused, like he's just got to win it? That's it. Yeah, I don't think you could you could throw any track at him right now. That he doesn't feel like he would win. At, you know, I I, I just uh, he's he right now he's very really confident and he's happy with with. Uh, with everything with the bike and even even when we had some bad weekends you know his attitude was just you know, fantastic you know he, he never really you know put any blame or anything on anybody he just you know he kind of told me you know we win and lose, win and lose as a team so um right now i just he, yeah he's laser focused and i and i I don't think that um, anything's going to really stand in his way. So it's uh, it, mm. it's really, really cool to see. Yeah, let's, let's not talk about lasers and wash you go. You know, yeah. a whole other, <laughs> whole other hole. Is there a sort of anyone in the, in the 250 class this sort of surprised you this year? This either done better than you you would have expected or has not done as well as you'd have thought? I mean, I, I think that's kind of clear that it's got to be Deegan. That, that's uh, the most impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, for, for a rookie like that, for someone who wasn't even supposed to jump in and race, you know, Supercross, and, and I mean, it's probably kind of beating a dead horse, but, you know, everybody thought, you know, I don't think anybody didn't think that going into uh, the first couple of Supercrosses that he would um, keep it on two wheels the way he has and uh, with that riding style and, and whatever. But, um, yeah, he's the real deal. You know, he's, he's fast and he's very fit and um he's able to ride the bike and uh keep it up so um he's been really really surprising and uh you know hats off to him and then um i guess if somebody you know isn't doing as well as as i thought i really um i really think pierce brown could be one of the guys um so i, I feel bad that he, he had, he's had some injuries and some things like that but when i watch him ride i feel like he could be one of the top guys he just needs a couple things to click probably and um and same yeah. with moseman too yeah. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. But yeah, there's there's yeah. A, there's a slew of guys like that, right? That are that are right there. So Pierce went nine sixteen on his first race of the weekend. So yeah, just to check on on his results. But yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. I think he was seen it with um, Moseman at Parla last year, where he won that won that moto in pretty convincing fashion. Like it's, oh, the the tools are there. Just um, you need like, obviously the right sort of blend of things to make things work. Yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty impressed with Austin Faulkner's ride eleven nine. No, obviously yeah. nothing too crazy but um 
like he's oh, another one that's had that's just a string of injuries just one thing after another didn't even make it as far as the first turn in Supercross this year I, I think he's got to be pretty happy with an 11-9 if, if, if you're Faulkner first race back yeah I don't think he, he rode better than that too he was up there for a little while and Ryder D this weekend was good for a while yeah. there and Faulkner I didn't you know I expected him to, to not be able to to have the the strength and and Maybe I should have, but uh, you know, I, I know he'll be there soon. So he's he's definitely got the talent and speed. So yeah, he should be yeah. a threat. I think if he gets a nice uh, nice season ahead of him, shouldn't he? I think um, definitely one of the uh, the ones to watch there. And uh, I, I liked um, Hampshire again, just throwing it uh, up the inside. He had that string of uh, that string of lines, that string of tabletops together, absolutely perfect. And made several moves there. So uh, is he one that makes you nervous when he's behind you? I mean, because that's like <laughs> that's one that I think you think he's always going to go for it, like he did at that Supercross in the wet. I mean, uh, what review on that little incident as well while we're on that topic yeah i mean that's a pretty desperate move right um <laughs> and uh i, I yeah that one uh, there wasn't much of a chance i'm uh I, I wasn't a fan of that move obviously because uh the, that the speed he came in there i mean he could have really hurt uh yeah. jet so um, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't the the a very popular move under, under our tent but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but i mean you got to respect his heart you know he, he puts yeah, it yeah. all out there and uh and i think that at the time too he's probably pretty frustrated this kid keeps beating him you know and yeah. so anyways um i think in outdoors luckily we haven't had to race him uh too much at least you know not not too much i did a little bit this weekend i guess but I don't, he doesn't make me too nervous i like rj i think i think he's he's fine and just uh he wants to win so bad. I, I, I understand his, you know, some of the desperation moves, but hopefully they keep our guys on two wheels. Absolutely. I mean, and also, I guess, going back to um, to Spring Creek, it's got to bring back memories for you, having been involved with Chad during that uh, incredible crash that he had and that's now rechristened that jump completely. I mean, just to go back to that, what, what was that like for you on the sidelines? Are you, you were involved with Chad then? Whereabouts were you? Yeah, I was uh, I was his mechanic, so I, we um, and we are leading the championship yeah. too. So um, I think I, I, I was walking from the mechanic or from the starting line to the mechanics area and then, um, you know, couldn't really see everything so i heard everybody go crazy and then i saw it on on the tv right after but uh yeah that uh, it was kind of hard to know how bad it was from where i was standing but you know everybody came on the radio and just was like you know basically saying you know oh my god like you know and um so and uh so anyways I, yeah when he came around the next lap and he was i was ready for him to you know pull in with any damage or anything he kept going and that was really impressive because you know and he, he fought back and was able to get a couple points um and yeah. i knew you know I'd, I'd written on the board there every point counts uh, we had kind of i you know i'd learned how how valuable just one point can be previous years you know when, when you get down to the to the end and um yeah i just uh the one thing that probably impressed me the most is that the bike wasn't damaged it was barely damaged you know the thing with cartwheeling suffering wasn't bent you know like nothing was really jacked the the clutch lever i think he he pushed it back into the position and and then he did that uphill triple right away with style yeah yeah um, i remember yeah that's cool yeah i didn't Um, make him like that anymore yeah so i mean uh but but the biggest takeaway from that is that you know that that crash, the way that it even happened, it was kind of like a, a Chase Sexton crash, you know, one of those where you just go, you just can't understand how that happened, you know, like some strange, some of these tra- crashes uh, are so strange, you know, that um, it's, it's hard to know where they started, where they came from, but uh, also that, I mean, that derailed our whole summer, you know, we were on our way to, yeah. to be champions that year, and uh, that could have been yeah. The end of uh, the Honda Street, you know, we would have been there um, yeah. as a 450 champion. Even in Supercross, we only lost by like three points, you know. So yeah, that 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 the, the biggest bummer of that was that it just completely derailed our, our championship. Yeah, it wasn't quite the same after that, was it? That year, such a shame. Yeah, yeah I think uh, a lot of people kind of forget how good Chad was that year. Obviously, because yeah. he didn't win either championship, but and they just kind of remember it for the crash. But he was, like you said, three points off in the Supercross and was like easily the best rider in the outdoors like at like at the red plate i think he'd won almost every second motor to that point but yeah obviously like you said so we railed the whole sum of them but he, he kind of turned things back around at the at the nations when the one won the first race i think uh i think australia did australia end up on the podium or did they just miss out oh you got no, yeah, he did. yeah he, 
he uh, he hole shot the first moto and uh, it was kind of drizzling if I remember right. Yeah, and it was kind of it was really good conditions for him. It wasn't really a high speed moto I remember because of because uh, of the conditions, but he yeah he rode great there and uh, just was able to really like technically ride the track well and and stay ahead and win the moto and uh, yeah we got we got on, that was the first time Australia had been on the podium actually at a motocross the nations and yeah uh, so that was that was really cool to be a part of that and I really think that we had a we had a really good chance that either, if not winning it, we should probably second should have been ours. But uh, I think um, Jake, Matt Moss, Jake Moss, one of the Mosses. They, yeah, yeah their, their bike, uh, they had some issues with their KTM 250 that he rode. He wouldn't even start. He didn't even start the second moto. So yeah. um, his best Still finish in the first race was like, well, yeah, like it, like his first race was like a 17. And the next race, his bike wouldn't start on the line. And Jeez, so we yeah, didn't get a result. That, uh, that generation of KTM was not good. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to call it out. Like a, <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to, to, to call it like that, but that happened. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it was any secret. Um, like that was. I think it was like the first fuel injection model they had, and it was yeah, a lot of issues for um, yeah, non-factory riders. I, I had loads of issues with mine. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Well, my, I guess I guess my point was we had a strong team. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, uh, Medi, uh, Metcalf was was strong. Yeah, I think yeah, you know we, they they were six and seven in the second moto. And, yeah, I mean Medi was up there and things. So even with that, even with a seventeen DNF, we still got on the podium. So I feel like we should have been better at that race. But um, but it was still a really cool experience. And and but yeah, after that was the last time that Chad probably did well in an outdoor. I mean he he just wasn't willing to to put it out there like he had before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that. I think that mental, mentally that Chattapool crash really scarred him, yeah. it seems like to me. And um, just, yeah, it was never the same. Yeah. The split yeah. second of being in perfect control to suddenly be flying through the air, I think it would shake anybody up. But, yeah, it was uh, it was such a big one. I, I was working in car sales at the time, and uh, I, I kept getting basically I kept getting shit from all the guys that loved football and said motocross was a bunch of uh, idiots. And then I showed them that crash in their morning meeting on the YouTube. <laughs> just, you, know, you, you tell me now what footballers would have done. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just to vote on the, the subject you touched on it briefly there and I wanted to ask you there's there, there's lots of talk uh, especially amongst uh, a few Australians we've got uh, an Australian working um, uh, with us on, on MX Vice there Ed Stratman and uh, yeah lots of people excited for their prospects at the Nations speaking from the Honda point of view are you happy with Hunter and Jet going for that over at NA is there any barriers from the from the team or even from uh you know from from honda in japan is there any any um uh, yeah any thoughts on that side for the nations i uh, no, i mean i we i love motocross nations and the so does um honda really so uh we're going to support them for sure and then we'll see about chase sexton too if he if he's willing if he wants to go and you know last year was a, such a awesome race for him that uh um if yeah. he wants to go do that we'll 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 support him in that and then um uh, but the lawrence's are in for sure you know they, that's something that they 100 percent want to do i think right now is when they need to do it too because they you know obviously both of them and then uh i think mitch evans is uh, i saw he had a little bit better result this weekend so he's building uh, up yes. a little bit so um i'm assuming if if he keeps going that direction then they'll you know the australians will have a pretty strong team and at some point here they're gonna i think they're gonna win one of these things and it, it could be this year you know last year the u.s team was super strong and and um with the eli out and some of the other guys not as as strong um they're it's gonna be tough yeah so but yeah um definitely planning on going and uh it's gonna be fun fantastic yeah, well, uh, yeah we're coming close to the point of our uh, end of our um time here so yeah we'll let, let you go very soon there Lars any last questions from yourself there Brad uh yeah just got one last question obviously um since uh, Honda sort of took the 250 in-house opening that things like gear gear deals and things like that is there like a certain brands that you just like no you're not you, you can't wear that like if <clears throat> say for example chance homer's obviously in flight at the moment but if like going into 24 he ended up signing with moose or something and you're just like no chance is not happening you're not wearing moose <laughs> or is it is it completely open season on on gear deals uh, i guess that's kind of a good question i, I mean cole nichols this year had had o'neill but o'neill happened to you know, the last couple of years, they've been getting a lot mm. lot better anyways, but he had some really, really cool gear. And obviously he had, you know, he still wore Alpine Stars boots and, and yeah. uh, Bell helmets. So, I mean, I think for me, the, the most important thing is there the protective gear, you know, the helmet and the boots and 
things yeah. like that. Uh, you know, I obviously I'd like them to be strong. I mean, if I had my choice, they'd be wearing Fox. You know, that's our that's our team sponsor and yeah, Kenny yeah. on the team and all that. You know, that, and I'm, I'm kind of a old school like that too, with uh, you know the Jeremy days and all that stuff and Ricky. Yeah. But um, yeah, but, uh, look good. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I, uh, for example, uh, when Josh Grant was here, I think Josh Grant that one year wore like metal militia gear or something like that, and, <laughs> and they allowed him to do that. Um, and that was, I remember that being a little bit, you know, touch and go for they're going to let him do that. But I, I mean, days. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine. There's some of these companies that would put a lot of money up, but their their product is is maybe no good. And um, mm-hmm. like I said, the product protective gear and the goggles are the goggles is something that probably gets overlooked by the you know public that they don't really realize i mean that is one thing that can ruin our race and it's yeah. it seems like it's not a big deal that's a very big deal and a, a, and along with that is uh, the people prepping the goggles you know I, I put a lot of pressure on the alpine star guy this year with hunter you know they, they yeah. came out with their own goggle and um a lot of times the, some of these companies will just put a guy in charge that's just kind of a kid that goes to the races and doesn't really know. Yeah, and, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you got, you got obviously, I mean, especially in Europe, right? I mean, you, you don't have good goggles. I mean, that can be the difference between winning and losing in a mud race, especially um, yeah. when it comes to roll offs and, and tear offs and the whole deal. So, yeah. um, but those are the things that I that I look at in that situation. Yeah, fair enough. Nice one, great stuff. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Lars. I know you're a busy man, and uh, yeah, all the best with uh, the rest of the season. And uh, yeah, we'll keep your fingers crossed that uh, your boys can bring it home. So yeah, be uh, fantastic. Thanks so much for talking to us, and um, yeah, hopefully we'll speak to you another time. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, thank thanks you very so much. much. Thank you, guys, and uh, yeah, thank you to everybody for listening in. Um, I'll run through the sponsors, so yeah, I'll say cheer the lives. Thank, thanks for that. Brilliant stuff. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Are we doing picks from Wash Eagle? Oh yeah. I knew there was something missing. Yeah, that's fine. I, I, didn't, want to, I didn't want to. I didn't want to ask Lars because I didn't want him to put him put him in a position where he had to pick between. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. Rest so. the pits. So yeah, you did slaughter me at the weekend. I'll. Uh, I'm I'll in the two fifties. I can't remember who I picked. Oh, the two fifties was. Uh, hang on, hang on. Uh, I'll get them. I get the scores up here. So uh, yeah, the two fifties you picked for Millville, baby. Uh, you picked um, Hunter to win. So you did well, uh, but then you had the Alan Deegan. Ah, okay. Um, and then uh, yeah, they all struggled. All... Yeah, and then uh, I I had Cooper as the overall winner, so I got my hopes up when Jack when Hunter crashed. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then I had RJ and Vial. I didn't think Hunter would be well enough. So uh, yeah, I um, yeah. What can I say? Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm so far back now. I don't think I've, uh, I've got a chance. I think I'm uh, I think I'm Chase. I'm Dylan Fernandez in this uh, in this <laughs> points chase. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a note on that. Actually, somebody did um, question on our. Uh, on our MX Vice page there if uh, it was possible for or how soon could Jet wrap it up if he stays perfect uh, he's not able to wrap it up officially this, this weekend um, because he's 81 points ahead and he'd need to be 150 points up after this weekend so that's not going to happen um, but it's possible if Ferrandis uh, loses 5 points per race which is 3rd place or worse um, that uh, yeah that um, Jet could wrap it up in Uno dinner so that's uh, Unadilla. Sorry, that's uh, that's possible. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, predictions then. Four fifty, mate. Four fifty. Um, <laughs> ah, my heart. My heart says Jet. I really would like him. I really would like him to go undefeated. Just think it'd be such a cool story. But yeah, me too. Just don't. He's just not had. He's just not looked like the same Jet at Washougal as he has everywhere else. So. Based on that, um, I'm I'm gonna go jet anyway. I'm gonna... You are gonna go jet. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go jet, jet chase, and then I'm gonna go Anderson. I think Anderson's. I think okay. I think he's gonna get on the box. Kenny's not riding, is he? Kenny riding? I don't know. I know he's doing Ian Dilla. He is doing Ian Dilla. Okay. Uh, well, that that well, that's that'd be an interesting story for that time. Um, I was actually going to pick Chase anyway because I need to um, I need to try and get something back on you. So um, yeah, I'm going to go Chase and uh, Jet second, and I think Ferrandis will stick it in third again. So that's my four fifties, two fifties, sir. Two fifties. Um, I'm going to go Cooper. Ooh. He was really, he was good here last year. Obviously had that crash, which was unfortunate, but he was really good. Cooper, then Lawrence, and then uh, RJ. Cool. Actually, no, not RJ. Forget oh. not RJ. Vial. Vial. Yeah, the throttle control, sort of tight, 
not flat out. I think it was going to lend itself. Okay. I was going to go Hunter, and then um, I think Deegan are getting amongst them again. I think Deegan now is uh, almost blowing the pressure a little bit. So uh, I'm going to go Hunter, um, Cooper, and then Deegan. There you go. Drop them. So yeah, we'll see what we can do. And uh, yeah, there, there is a we have got a point system going. It won't make sense to anybody unless they were. <laughs> We'll take uh, a bit of a maths lesson, but yeah, uh, I'm 15 points back at you, so that's how bad it is. Right. Yeah. 58 <laughs> needs 43. <laughs> uh, but our best, our best guess so far has still been um, uh, Jake, uh, Jake Nichols. Uh, sorry, no, <laughs> still been Colt Nichols. It's been our best guess uh, so it. far from uh, round four. Uh, which was uh, high point. So yeah, he uh, he got the first two uh, in uh, 450. So yeah, anyway, all good. So yeah, thanks to Lars for joining us there, and thanks to everybody for tuning in. Apologies for some of the sound issues there. We all get things reg- uh, remedied as best we can. Nice one. So yeah, thanks to our sponsors there. Uh, obviously, we're fueled by Golf Race Fuels across sports car, single seaters, motorcycle racing, and further field. The golf brand is associated with winning whatever the discipline. Uh, ASV Performance, who stock a huge selection of aftermarket motocross parts available for the 1980s Evo two-stroke models. To the current four-stroke bikes uh, Kawasaki Motors UK of course with the new KLS 140R lineup uh, go and check that out at your local dealership and of course evenstrokes.com for listening to this podcast you get to go to evenstrokes.com for whatever you want for your bike or kit and uh, use this man's name yeah use the code bradwheeler10 bradwheeler10 gets you 10% off put that in at the at the checkout and not 10% off your overall price so everybody stop at evenstrokes.com yeah and fantastic fantastic to talk to Lars and uh, yeah we'll work on bringing you another guest uh, for next week's MX Vice SMX review so thank you everybody for listening thank you Brad thank you Lars see you speak to you next time cheers